This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. This is Alana Willie Fear, and you are with Body Matters. And I just want to welcome each and every one of you this afternoon. And today I am going to be chatting um, about sickness, forgiveness, and how we can wait on God for physical healing. So today I don't have anybody in the studio, and I just felt that this is something that God had laid in my heart, and especially during the times that we are in at the moment. So I'm going to jump straight into this topic, and I'm going to just start with the question, is it God's heart for us to be sick? And we need to understand that sickness and disease is not from God. And um, we were never supposed to get sick or die because it was never God's original plan for us. And in heaven, no one is sick. So Jesus demonstrated to us on earth how to heal the sick. And therefore, we know that sickness is not from him. You see, God can't contradict himself. So when we pray for healing or for healing to take place, we are actually bringing heaven to earth. And we are bringing a heavenly principle to earth. Um, in, the, in the Lord's Prayer, we talk about, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And one of those, that this prayer is so significant because what God is actually saying is, you know, when you pray to me, whatever is in heaven will be loosed on earth. And... God's heart is for us to be completely healed. Um, you know, God wants us to be healed physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I just want to read um, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, and it says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, God is not just concerned about our physical well-being. He's also concerned about our soul, our spiritual walk with Him, and what our spiritual condition is. I want to read also Matthew 16, verse 26, which it says, What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Our bodies are the temple of Christ and we host God's presence. You know, God's heart is for us to live a long life on this earth. His heart for us is to prosper physically. And when I say physically and just touch on the physical, you know, God wants us to live a good quality of life. He wants us to, um, you know, to, to be able to do the things that our hearts desire and But at the end of the day, God is more interested in your soul and in your spiritual well-being. Because remember, the body will go, but, but our spirit will last forever in eternity. And so I just want to get onto the topic of um, when I said we were going to talk about, um, you know, sickness and um, sin. So I just want to touch a little bit on that Um we must just remember that sickness is not from God and that I just want to 
um, reinforce that, um, you know, that, that topic that sickness is not from God. And we live in a fallen world and we are exposed to the enemy's schemes and plans. And in John 10, 10, it says the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. Um, he wants to destroy us physically, spiritually and emotionally. And he wants to physically kill us too. But Jesus says, but I have come so that I can give you life and life in abundance, not just life in eternity, because sometimes we think it's life in eternity, but God wants to give us life on this earth. He wants us to live a full life. And, you know, the enemy is always prowling around looking for someone that he can devour. It says he looks for opportunities to destroy us. He looks for weaknesses. He wants to see any hold that he can get over us. And that is um, the aim of the enemy, is to kill, steal, and destroy. So let's look at ways that the enemy, um, you know, can have a hold over us. So the enemy will lure us into sin. Okay, so sin is one way in which the enemy can can have a hold over us. You see, sin always starts with temptation. And temptation is an open invitation for Satan to take possession or to have that, that something over us. Sickness can be because of the consequences of sin. You see, once we sin, the enemy has a, has a hold over us. And then the enemy has entry into to, uh, to our souls, into our spirit, and even physically. Um, in James 1.15 it says, Then after desire has, has been conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Now, this death is not just um, spiritual death because first the enemy wants to kill us spiritually because this death starts internally. And once the sin starts internally, it eventually leads to physical death. And I want to read in Matthew 9 where the Lord um, healed a lame man. And these were his words, which is easy to say, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk. Here we can clearly see that there is a connection between sin and sickness. And my interpretation of what Jesus was actually saying was, I can say to you um, that you are healed, you know, be healed, or I can say to you, your sins are forgiven. And both would be, um, you know, the same thing. And I just want to say it carefully, I know, um, sickness can be also the outer um, manifestation of innocence. And I'm not saying this is it, this is the a definite, but there is many cases where sin can lead to sickness. Um, I know sometimes we ask the questions, but you know, we know people who are Christians and they died of sicknesses. Um, is it because they are sinners? And, you know, we don't know all the answers. If I look at Job, he was a righteous man, but God allowed Satan to do as he pleased with Job, but he was not allowed to take Job's life. And here we can clearly see that God allows things to happen. Sickness is not from God. It's from the enemy. 
And um, in this passage, we can clearly see that God's hand is upon everything. Life and death is in God's hands. He has the ultimate decision over our lives, especially if we are, are a child of God, because we surrendered everything unto him. Sickness can also be a spiritual um, or can reflect our spiritual condition. Because in Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, it says, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to what I say. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring to those who find them healing to their whole body. You know, sickness can also come from demonic influences. Um, you know, people um, you know, dabbling in the occult and, and things like that. Um, sickness and diseases are, as I said, from Satan. And we must remember that every day we are encountering the spirit of death. Now, God is a spirit of, um, he said, life in abundance. But the enemy brings forth the spirit of death in our lives. And Satan will find any open door like worry, fear, stress to bring um, physical affliction upon us. This is the reason why there are so many scriptures in the Bible that says, do not fear, do not worry. And these things can cause stress. And stress can also be, and it might not seem that way, but it can be a gateway for many sicknesses like chronic sicknesses. And sometimes we're just unaware of the doors that sometimes we open up ourselves. Like in Psalm nineteen twelve to 13, it says, Forgive my hidden faults, then I will be blameless. Just another way in which the enemy can lay claim to us is through the sins of our fathers or parents. And sickness can come through generational curses like cancer or sugar diabetes. Those are normally sicknesses that are transferable from one generation to, the, to another. And they say it's genetic, but these are also known as bloodline curses. These sicknesses are, are normally consequences of the sins of the previous generations that not, has not been broken. And these curses can come in many different forms, like, for instance, miscarriages or premature death. So when there's a reoccurrence of negative events that happen in each generation, then there is probably a generational curse. Which are the sins? Um, it says these are the sins of the parents carried over to the children. So whatever sins we as parents don't deal with in our generation, it will definitely be transferred to our children. Because we read in Numbers 14 verse 18 and it says, The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, but he will no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquities of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation. Um, I was listening to a program, I don't know if you guys know Sid Roth and the Supernatural, and he had a guest speaker on, which was talking about generational curses. And I just want to basically just share this um this testimony where a father was saying that he had a problem with alcohol and for years and years and years he just struggled with it and he literally destroyed his family and his son also became an alcoholic 
And then one day he just couldn't anymore. And he just said to God, he can't, he doesn't want to drink anymore. And that, um, you know, God just supernaturally took that desire away from him to drink. And yeah, he lived at that stage, you know, he was, his son was already married and, um, you know, he didn't tell anybody about it. And about a week later, his son found him and they were just chatting and his son mentioned that, you know, he just, he wants to tell his dad that he's, you know, he doesn't drink anymore. And, you know, and his dad asked him, but when did this all happen? And he said, well, it was a week ago where he said, I just, that desire, um, for to drink, he said, was just gone. And then the father realized that at the same time when he broke that um, spirit of alcoholism over his life, he didn't just break it off for himself, but he broke it off for his children. And I thought that was just such an amazing um, testimony where, you know, as parents, when we struggle with things in our lives and we don't deal with it, or overcome it, or lay it at the the feet of Jesus, and it doesn't matter how big or how small. And sometimes it's not even, you know, it's some things in our subconscious, or even just generational curses. If we don't deal with it as Christians, those things get carried over to the next generation. But at that, I want to just take a short music break, and then we will continue with this conversation. Thank you. Hi, this is Alana and you're with Body Matters and I'm chatting about the topic of sin, sickness and forgiveness and also waiting on God when you are sick. Um, I was just discussing um, before this break of what is God's heart for us, um, is, is his heart for us to get sick and obviously sickness is not from God and just the doors that can be opened, you know, where Satan would want to get a hold over us. Um, whether it's through generational curses, whether it's through sin. But the next thing I want to talk about is um, sickness coming to us through a result of what others have done to us. And when I talk about sickness, I'm not just talking about physical sickness. I'm talking about emotional um, things. I'm talking about your spiritual things. You see, so sometimes we become sick because of what others have done to us, not necessarily what we have done. You know, we we may have been verbally or physically abused or criticized or abandoned or neglected as children. Um, But the truth is that we've all been hurt in some other way. None of us are perfect. We've all got things that we need to deal with. Um, And sometimes we need to really understand that people will disappoint us. They will hurt us. They will abuse us. And the word says they will even persecute us for those who are Christians. And the danger of being a victim of sin is that we ourselves can become sinners in this. If we don't deal with that which others have done to us, if we don't guard our hearts and if we don't walk in forgiveness, we actually fall into the same trap. And I remember Joyce Myers saying once that abusers become abusers. And that is very true. And sometimes we say, yeah, you know, if people hurt us, it's easy to stay angry with them. And that anger may last a lifetime. And, you know, anger doesn't promote the righteousness of Christ. 
um, anger leads to many destructive patterns in our lives that we are not even sometimes consciously aware of. Um, anger or hurt may cause us to become judgmental. And we can even start judging others. And the danger in that is that we don't realize that the very thing that we judge others, we become. And in Luke 6, 37, it says, Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Sometimes we even justify our behaviors towards others because of what they did to us. And by judging others, we start playing God. We start taking the matter into our own hands. And there's that scripture that says, um, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. But the truth is, is that our judgment is filtered sometimes through our own brokenness. And at the end of the day, we are the ones that end up with a hard heart. We can become bitter and resentful. and it ends up in hatred, even fear, and sometimes what others have done can cause anxiety within us. But the truth is, is that if we don't deal with the root of the problem, we will still manifest the, the symptoms, therefore, in our lives, thereof in our lives. See, when we are hurt, we tend to put up walls around us. And that walls are to protect us from getting hurt again. You see, when people hurt us, we, we kind of shut off or we, we push them away from us. And that very same wall that we build to protect ourselves becomes our own prison walls. The wall we place around our hearts turn our hearts into stone. And when we have a hardened heart, we cannot experience the fullness of Christ's love or even others and we are unable to love others completely see our hearts can become so callous that we are not able to heed the holy spirit inside of us and we no longer become pliable in the potter's hands you know sometimes we struggle with um things inside of us and you know we think we're okay because you know we weren't the perpetrator we weren't the ones that that did this and we forget that God looks at our hearts he looks at our motives he looks at our thoughts and once we become once we get to that place of bitterness and anger we start becoming sinful even when we don't realize it so we need to understand that when we don't forgive others we only end up hurting ourselves we place ourselves in captivity we end up being bitter and angry for the rest of our lives and I just want to have a look at forgiveness forgiving others does not mean that the other person is not guilty of what they have done but forgiveness is setting yourself free. Forgiveness is choosing to let go of all the offenses that others have done and what you've experienced and breaking the hold that they have over your life through the hurt that they have caused you. You know, sometimes we bear this grudge and, and those people carry on with their lives. They've forgotten about you. And for years and years and years, there's so many people that I've um, spoken to and I've done inner healing for a very long time. And sometimes there's people that are in their 90s and 
80s that still walk around with this with this grudge and this bitterness inside of them and their whole life has been miserable and the one thing and all they needed to do was to forgive and forgiveness is also a way of releasing other people and and releasing it in God's hands and choosing to let go in Romans 12 19 um, it says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written. And I just want to repeat it. It's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. As God's creation, we have no right to judge or take matters in our own hands. Otherwise, we are trying to play God. God will deal with that situation far better than we can. You see, inner healing can only take place once we forgive others and when we repent of our sins. And repentance is the key to receiving forgiveness from God. In Matthew 6, 14 verse 16 it says, For if you do not forgive others when they sin against you, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. But if you do not forgive, but if you, um, yeah, it says here, I have seen people's lives being changed when they have chosen to forgiven or to forgive the people that hurt them. There's a freedom that comes with forgiveness. And when we forgive others, God can forgive us. He does not only want to forgive us, but God wants to restore. And that scripture in Joel says God wants to restore what the locust has stolen. You know, God's heart for us is to have the joy of the Lord. It says the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, when we choose not to forgive, we become bitter. We become grumpy people even to live with. And that is not God's heart because God wants us to live in peace and he wants us to enjoy our lives. And a hardened heart eventually can lead to spiritual death and eventually to physical death. We are no use to God when our hearts are like stone. You see, the Lord wants to take out our stony heart and give us a new heart. And Ezekiel 36, 26 to 28, it says, And I will give you a new heart and put in a new spirit. I'll remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decree and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. You see, God is interested in the condition of our hearts because everything we do or say is determined by the condition of our hearts. You know, it says, body heart fall is as the bond fall. I think I've got that expression right. You speak what's in your heart and that's what comes out. And a hardened heart cannot be fruit. Because God says, you will know my people by their fruits. And fruits is kindness, gentleness, patience, and all of that. But when we are walking in unforgiveness, when our hearts are, our hearts are hard, we cannot bear fruit. And he says here, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. 
And that is in Matthew 7 verse 19. So we have a responsibility to guard our hearts, to keep it soft so that it's pliable in God's hands. And we need to walk in forgiveness. I know some of you might be in a situation where you are living with someone or you might even be in an abusive relationship. I don't know, I might be talking to you. Or you are living with a difficult person or in a, in a work situation and you feel like every day, every day there's just something that this person does to hurt you. And I know that, um, and I want to read um, Matthew eighteen twenty one, which says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? And it said, up to seven times. Jesus answered, I'll tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. And what that actually means is God's saying that we need to walk in forgiveness daily, daily. And forgiveness is an ongoing process. You know, people offend us, they hurt us every day, and we need to be able to forgive them. And I want to tell you something, the quicker you forgive, the quicker you can actually guard your heart. Because once you start pondering on what that person has said, what that person, and you start replaying that thing, those thoughts, that situation or scenario in your mind, the stronger that anger, that bitterness becomes. And the longer you dwell on that, and the longer you take to forgive, the more harder it becomes to forgive. So the quicker you can forgive, the quicker you can um, allow Satan not to um, have that stronghold in your mind. Because everything you um, focus on for too long becomes a stronghold. The quicker you can, you can get on with it. And as I said, forgiveness is not, setting, it's not saying that person is not guilty. Forgiveness is setting yourself free. It's guarding yourself. Um, I've been in physical, um, not physical, but physical as well as inner healing. And I have seen, as I said, people's lives being changed when they start forgiving. And a lot of the forgiveness that people do comes from childhood and um, forgiving mothers and fathers. And sometimes I, you know, think about it as a mother myself. Sometimes we say things and we do things to our kids, not really um, with the intention to hurt them. But sometimes the words and the things that we say to our kids can build up that, um, you know, a, a, a something in their thoughts that they need to deal with can hurt them. And that hurt that can carry with carry with them for a very long, long time. So that's just, I found very interesting. Um, I just want to look at um, the practical things that we can do, you know, to obtain inner healing. The first thing we can do is to ask Holy Spirit to show us if there's any open doors, any open doors to sin in our lives. And if Holy Spirit shows you something, then we need to repent and we need to confess that sin. Because in James 5.17 it says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. You know, confession 
exposes sin. Once you confess a sin, it comes to the light. And when it's in the light, the devil cannot cannot have a hold on it anymore. He cannot operate and the devil cannot operate in the light. And therefore, he has no longer any power over that sin. And repentance is like breaking the chain that bounds us to the kingdom of darkness. Repentance means to turn from what it is. So to confess and then to repent. And repentance, as I said, is turning from that sin. Choosing every time that you are tempted to not fall for for that temptation. And that also is part of the Lord's Prayer where it says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. Um, And then that sentence goes, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I believe it is because we are tempted every day to fall into sin. And um, we know that temptation, as I mentioned before, is not from God. But repentance is choosing to turn away from that. And we also need to ask the Lord also to forgive us. You know, when we have sinned in our lives or when there are things that we are doing, we also need to ask God to forgive us of what we have done. And um, in Hebrews 8, 12, it says, For I will forgive them their iniquities and remember their sin no more. You see, God is always willing to forgive us of our sins as we forgive others. But we must be willing to accept forgiveness from him. Um and then turn from it. This is one of my favorite scriptures regarding healing. And I want to read it to you. It's in Psalm 103 um, from verse 1 to 5. It says, Praise the Lord my soul, all my innermost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and do not forget all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and yields all your diseases who redeems your life from the grave and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your your youth is renewed like an eagle. And then another practical thing that you can do, and this is more, whether it's for inner healing or it doesn't matter, but I want you to listen to James 5.14, which says, Are any one of you sick? It says, you should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Elders have the anointing from God to pray for the sick, but we all have the authority in Christ to pray for each, for each other. So if you are physically sick or even, um, yeah, it could be any form of sickness, it could be depression, The word says, go to the elders of the church, let them anoint you and pray for you. And that is very practical. That's an instruction. So sickness can also manifest in many forms. It could be, as I said, physically, mentally, spiritually or emotionally. And we we may need emotional healing um, sometimes from things like trauma and bondages from past hurts or even, as I said, sin that was done unto us. And we also need to maybe break off generational curses, which I spoke about could be generational sicknesses. It could be any curses um, coming from our bloodline. Um, If we can break that off 
um, even emotional soul ties. Sometimes when we um, um, have a relationship with someone that is ungodly or it wasn't a, a godly relationship, um, we need to break those soul ties that we have with those people. And um, we may even need to be delivered from any demonic strongholds or any attachment if we were involved in the occult. And these things that I'm talking about, more the inner healing, it's actually good to go somewhere where um, there is an inner healing session and allow other people to pray for you who has got the experience in this area. And often we need to be healed from the inside first before we can experience the manifestation of healing on the physical side. Um, I've been involved in Sosa for many years. It's just one of the the ways which you, one of the, the, the um, places that you can go to to get healing. And I can testify that Sosa has really broken off a lot of things in my life that I was not even aware of. And I must be honest, I felt like God had truly set me free from many things after I went for that inner healing session. You know, God is ultimately our healer and he wants the best for us. Our part is to ask him for healing and to have faith and trust him that he will do it for us. So in Mark 5 verse 43, it says, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. So when the Lord does heal us, we need to be aware that the devil will always try and bring the old symptoms of the sickness up again to reestablish doubt and unbelief in our minds. He wants us to have an open door um, where he can just come in again and take control. And we need to be aware of the schemes and the plans of Satan and take up our authority that is given to us in Christ Jesus. And in James 4 verse 7 it says, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We need to keep the healing by doing our part, and that is to resist temptation and sin and to walk continuously in forgiveness. Forgiveness is so powerful in any form of healing. And yeah, it's so important for us to ask the Holy Spirit to show us who we need to forgive. Um, I also want to touch lastly on the subject of, you know, when we are sick, and I'm talking about physical sickness or even even any other form of sickness, waiting on God for healing. Sometimes it's so difficult, you know, we pray and we pray and we pray, but we feel like nothing's happening. So there are times when the Lord will do the miraculous and bring about instantane- instantaneous healing. And other times, he allows us to go through a waiting period. And just remember that the Lord never leaves us during the times of our troubles. And he promises to be with us no matter what. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what illness you might have. And you might be, you know, saying, you know, I've been praying for years and years for God to heal me, but he hasn't. So I just want to encourage you with this in Isaiah 41 verse 10. It says, do not be afraid for I am with you. Do not be discouraged for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Sometimes we don't always understand 
why we need to go through it. And the reality is that we don't always have to understand everything. We just need to have childlike faith that the Lord is in control of everything and that he will work all things out for our good. In Proverbs 20, 24, it says, The Lord directs our steps. So why try and understand everything along the way? Just remember, what the devil intends for our harm, the Lord will turn out for our good. And that is written in Exodus 50, verse 20. Just remember that the Lord has the final say in your outcome. Satan is already defeated. He is powerless. And in Psalm 37 verse 7 it says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. I don't know how serious your situation is or where you are at. Um, All I can say is, God, if you're a Christian and you have given your life to the Lord, God is on the throne. He is still in control of everything. And just keep on keeping on, trusting him. There may be times when you are praying for healing and you think the Lord is not responding. But the truth is that the Lord does hear our prayers and he always heals. I want to say God always heals. One of God's names is Jehovah Rapha, which means the God that heals. And therefore, he must be true to his name. Sometimes we are trusting the Lord for physical healing, but the Lord is busy with the inner healing and we are not aware of it. And you know, sometimes the Lord does a physical healing in a non-believer's life, so that he can reveal himself to that person. But all I want to say is that God is busy, and he is on the throne, he is in control. Only the Lord knows the reason for how and when he decides to do things. You know, sometimes we question God, why God? Why is it taking so long? Why aren't you doing anything in my situation? And in Isaiah 55, 8 to 11, it says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow comes down from heaven and stays on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to do and it will prosper everywhere I send it. You see, the Lord does hear our prayers, but he doesn't always answer us in the way that we expect him to answer us. But we should be comforted that his ways are always better than our ways. You know, sometimes we pray for sick people and they die. And this is so hard for us to comprehend um, that God didn't come through for us in that time. And I believe that God did heal. And this is just my perception. And he did hear our prayers, but sometimes he heals the soul. And I said at the beginning that scripture that says, what good is it for someone to go the whole world yet forfeit? their soul. You see, God is interested in your soul. He's interested, he's more interested in the condition of your heart. And sometimes we don't see it because we focus on the physical healing. 
But I believe that God will do an inner healing first. We can choose how we are going to go through the waiting period of being sick. Are we going to rest in the Lord and trust Him? Or are we going to allow the devil to torment us with anxiety and fear during this time? I remember at one stage in my life where I was really um, sick and I... I was anxious and, um, you know, the thought of dying, the thought of, you know, I've got children. What if this is, you know, the what ifs, the what ifs, you know, that that can bring the what ifs of the own unknown can bring a lot of anxiety. But anyway, God is good. And one of the ta- Satan's tactics is to plant thoughts in our mind that will get us to question our faith. Does God really exist? You know, is God really listening to you? And will God really come through for you? You see, when the Lord did miracles while he was on the earth, he healed those who had faith. Here is an example in Matthew nine twenty nine, which says, Then he touched the eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done. So we need to remember, we need to pray and believe that what we ask for, God will do. In Matthew twelve twenty one, it says, And all things you ask in my name, believing you will receive. You know, one day I was sitting, and it was during this time when I was also not feeling well, and I was really battling it out with God, and I was anxious, and I, you know, I thought, this is, you know, my end is drawing near. And um, I listened to a sermon once, and this sermon set me free completely. And it said the activation for healing is believing that God will do it for us. Believing to make a choice that when you've asked God to heal you, that he's going to do it. And then you need to believe it. And I know it sounds easier than um, easier said than done. But if you can come to the point where you say, I've asked you, God, and I today choose that you will heal me and you keep your mind fixed on God. Um, I mean, that was two, three years ago. And I just choose every time Satan comes and says, mm, maybe, what if? And I say, I believe God will heal me. You see, we can also ask the Lord for an extra measure of faith during this times, And that is often what I did. I said, um, said, God, help me in my unbelief, you know, where I struggled with that. And we can strengthen our faith by finding healing scriptures. That's what I did. I meditated on them, reading them and declaring them over my body, over my mind. And I also reminded myself of the promises and the prophecies that I got. Um, And that kept my faith strong. You know, when God gives us a promise, and my in my case, God gave me a promise um, that said that I will live to see my children's children. And yet at this stage of my life, my children are not married. They don't have kids. And during that time when I was so ill, I said to God, I stand on this promise, God, because you said your word is yes and amen. You said that I will live to see my children's children. And standing on that and proclaiming healing scriptures really strengthened my faith. And it says, beware that the enemy wants to steal the word from us before it can take root and produce healing. 
You see, he knows that the word of God is so powerful and therefore we need to hold on to the word of God until healing manifests. We need to be persistent in our prayer for healing and never give up. Um, I remember that scripture and I don't know where it is in the Bible where that woman went to the judge and she begged the judge all the time. I don't know what it was for. But um, I can't remember the whole story. But then God says eventually, if he, if he is a, a judge, which is not even a good judge, eventually um, gave the woman what she wanted because she nags so much, how much more will Father God not give us? So that says to me that we need to continuously pray and petition for what we want. In Isaiah 53 verse 5 it says, but, we, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we can be made whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Um, it is because of what the Lord had done on the cross that we are able to receive healing from him. And as children of God, he has already prayed, paid the price for our sins. And that includes sicknesses. And we need to claim healing, rebuke sickness in the name of Jesus, because there's power in the name of Jesus. And as I said, the Lord's heart is for us to live a long life, a healthy life and to enjoy life. And I believe before we can see any manifestation in the physical realm, we need to pursue it in the spiritual realm first. We need to understand that the spiritual realm is more real than the physical realm. We are calling heavenly things to manifest in the physical. So therefore, we must never stop praying and believing. We never know when our breakthrough will come. And just lastly, I'm just going to end off with this. All we can do is to trust and wait on God. And Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings of eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. So we should try not to worry about tomorrow and just take every day as it comes. Worrying is a waste of time. It steals our joy and peace by thinking about the what-ifs, what may happen. Worrying can't change anything. It can't accomplish anything. So whatever you are struggling with, whatever you're trusting God for, and especially in healing, just take one day at a time. Just trust Him to get through that day. We should focus on the now and keep our minds positive holding on to the word of God and holding on to his promises. And we should continue praying and trusting him. Let us take a short break and then we can end off this program with a short prayer. We'll be back. Hi, this is Alana Willoughby with Body Matters. And I was just chatting about sickness and forgiveness and how we can wait on the Lord when we are sick. And unfortunately, this is the end of the program. And I would just like to pray for you. And yeah, and then we can, we can, um, yes, I would just like to pray for you. So let's close our eyes and pray. Father, I just want to bring the audience before you right now. And everyone that's listening to my voice, Father, I don't know where they are. 
And I don't know what their circumstances are. I don't know what sickness they might have or what sin they might be struggling with, Father. But I just pray that you will send your word and heal them right now and deliver them from any form of destruction. Father, I pray that you will just come and show them the areas in their lives, Father, that they need to deal with, whether it's sin or open doors or even any generational curses, Father. I pray, Father, that you'll break it over each and every one of their lives. And Father, I pray that you will reveal yourself to them, that you'll strengthen their faith, that they will trust you and know that you are a a good God and that your heart for us is to be healed and to be made whole and even when it seems Lord that that you are not you know nothing's happening father I just want to thank you that you are in control of everything so Lord I pray for every listener out there I pray that you will just touch them in every area where they are sick I just want you to put your hand on any area of your body that you need healing and just trust God and believe that he will heal you. Father, I just come and wherever these listeners are laying their hands on any part of their bodies or even if it's a mental or emotional or spiritual sickness, Father, I come and I speak life and healing over that part of their bodies right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I also just want to give an open invitation to anyone who hasn't given their lives to the Lord or would like to recommit their lives to the Lord. I just want you to just repeat after me. Father God, I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean with your blood. I want to commit my life in your hands. I want you to be Lord and God over my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Restore to me the years that the locust has stolen. I ask this all in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much everyone that has joined me and and listened to my long talk on sin forgiveness and just waiting on God. And um, yes, if you'd like to comment on this topic, please go to Radio K Pulpit's webpage site and then just click on the WhatsApp button and put the word body matters in and then you can you can comment um yeah thank you for joining me and i hope to chat to you again next saturday same time same frequency with more great conversation from me alone at willie for you have a blessed week insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za